reward Mitsubishi Electric, electric for buying the second one. Ah, only yeah. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Dajou is. All right, well, we might as well start. Okay, thanks very much for joining us today. Um, I'm back again with Ken Sugiura. My name is Sam Daniels, and we're the authors of Buying Property in the USA, a Foreign Investor's Guide. Um, here to do another podcast about uh, US property investing. And how are you going, Ken? Uh, great, thank you, Sam. How are you? Very good, very good. Now, um, today we're um, going to talk about mistakes. Um, we've talked through some of the mistakes that you might make as a novice property investor in the US. and. Um, Many of these, well, not many, I wouldn't say, but some of these we've, we've made ourselves. So um, we should be able to provide you with some advice that um, comes from a place very close to home. We've made a couple of you know, minor mistakes along the way, but nothing too um, dramatic. Is that right? That's right. I think the small mistakes, you know, you only learn a lot of things through making small mistakes. So don't, don't you know, feel afraid to make uh, small mistakes, ideally small mistakes. <laughs> And uh, as a human beings, we only learn, you know, through various investment careers by making a lot of mistakes. And I think that's part of our life. And without making mistakes, you're not gonna, you're not gonna learn anything. You're not gonna be able to expand your portfolio. So this is just uh, yeah. some of the things that we talk about, which you may, I mean, ideally you want to avoid. But it's, um, you know, you may make other mistakes, which yeah. we haven't done. That um, hopefully that's not too devastating, yeah. and uh, then it should be part of your uh, investment game. Exactly. I mean, if you were so afraid of uh, investment mistakes, you'd have all your money in a low-yielding um, deposit account, wouldn't you? And then being eroded away by inflation. So that's right. And people like uh, you know who are afraid of earthquake, you know, or who are uh, worried about the country going, um, you know, bankrupt, and you basically want to keep all your money in the bank. That's about it. And then even the banks sometimes go belly up. <laughs> so there's nothing safe. Um, and then basically risk and return. That's that's what it is. You know, yeah. you you make calculated uh, risks, uh, risk taking, and then you make reasonable return. You, a lot of people want free lunches, but there's 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 no such thing as free lunch, as they say. Yeah, well, getting moving on to specifics. So, what? How, how do you like to classify the kind of um, investment mistakes? Um, in the book, we have a list of twelve. We might talk about some of those today. Um, um, maybe not the full list, but we'll talk about some of them. How, how do you classify the main mistakes that people might make? I think a lot of mistakes you are uh, you can avoid by, and a lot of issues mistakes can be sourced from. From, from within yourselves. Mm-hmm. For example, setting a wrong, you know, unachievable level of expectation. That's really your intrinsic, your internal um, issue. Yeah. And uh, and um, and the other type of mis- mis- you know, mistakes tend to come from the lack of your learning or knowledge. So yeah. that you can overcome by learning it, sometimes through mistakes, yeah. but sometimes by talking to people mm-hmm. or reading, you know, or going to seminars and conferences and, and I call it financial literacy. Yeah. And that's absolutely critical in, in the property investment career. But th- of course, those who've been with us for the uh 
journey with the book with the first um, <laughs> 10 chapters will be well ahead of the curve here in terms of avoiding these mistakes. That's right. I, I think, you know, enough mi mistakes has been made by some, you know, by us and few of our friends. So by sharing some of the knowledge, we uh, hope to, uh, re you know, so that you don't have to go through the same kind of uh, learning experience <laughs> through hard ways. <laughs> so what I'll let you pick, um, uh, people probably want to hear your take on this. I'll, We've got, as I said, we've got a list of 12 we call the dirty dozen um, mistakes you want to avoid. I might just get Ken to talk about a few of them. Mm -hmm. Which one do you feel like feel like talking about the most? Um, the U.S. investment is um, for non-U.S. people. It is uh, investment done remotely, and as we have talked about throughout the book, you are, you are actually going to be relying a lot on the people on the ground. Mm. So if you have a wrong team, um, your investment performance will be will deteriorate substantially. Yeah. Versus if you get the right team on in you know on the ground who will do a great job for you. So I think it's through a life experience. Sometimes you, you your judgment of people, your understanding of the people's uh, motivations and behavior. So, um, you can I, you know you can go to having a fortune of having a great people on the ground versus the totally wrong people you yeah. cannot trust mm -hmm. and then you end up you know losing money yes. so i think that sometimes it's a you know i always think it's a bit of a life experience you, you you sort of understand what type of people you can rely on and their their drivers their motivations yes yeah and what about um you know, I guess one of the ones which I wanted to mention first was about um, having unrealistic expectations, um, which I think is an important one because, yeah, there are fantastic yields that can be achieved um, and it's a fantastic place to invest. But I think um, people also need to go and do with a realistic expectation that this is not a hands-off investment. It's not like a um, your superannuation or something like that. It's, you're going to have to actively manage it. Is that right? That's right. The difference between investing in, say, superannuation fund, managed pension funds or uh, managed funds, stocks, bonds and whatever, versus real estate investment is uh, real estate investment is actually the active investment in yeah. most cases, unless you're investing in REITs or something, yeah. which is uh, basically you're investing in share markets. Um, in, in, you know, so you have to feel you are ready to be the, the owner of a business called uh, landlording. Yeah. And and that involves a fair bit of work. Mm. Um, it's not like you're buying a, a fund and then, then you receive the statement every three months or six months and then say, ah, oh, you know, value's going up and down. You can outsource your you're actually outsourcing your management to to uh, investment manager in that case. Yeah. In case of property, you there's a thing called property manager, but they only do one aspect of your whole landlording, which is effectively managing the asset the property and managing the tenant yeah. but you got the, you as a owner of a business you gotta you gotta look at the whole spectrum of property business yeah. so you know, you are CEO of your business yes which probably leads us to the naturally to the other mistake which is about not doing your research um, as you quite rightly point out that you might have the property manager looking after the rent and but then you you have to 
take a role in terms of timing your market entry, your market exit. So you need to be aware of what what else is happening in the market around you. You know, has your if your property's registered a big gain, you might want to sell. And also, you've got to keep on top of your um, corporate structures in terms of lodging all your LLC paperwork and making sure that you you don't end up in a situation whereby um, you're you fail to pay your taxes, you fail to pay your LLC renewal, um, which exposes, I guess, a chink in your in, in your armour in terms of your investment. Um, I think that's very important, and also uh, making sure that you you're up to date with your research, both in terms of um, looking at ways to manage your assets, but also um, what's happening in the market from a day-to-day perspective. Is that right? That's right. I think bef- the, the, the mistakes you can make before the purchase, they're mistakes you could make after purchase. Yeah. Uh, before the purchase, obviously, you, you know, you're supposed to be doing a fair bit of a due diligence, but you fail to do research and you end up paying too much for the property yeah. or you're paying the wrong people a wrong kind of a, a level of compensation or you haven't done the property inspection you uh, haven't got yeah. the right insurance in the first place uh, that sort of mistakes yeah. and then there are a whole bunch of mistakes you could do once you bought the property such as you mentioned that um, you forgot to renew your insurance or you forgot to renew your LLC annual report and you forgot to do, uh, you, you, you know, you're, you're keeping all the paperwork piled up in front of your uh, your desk and you wait for the end of the year to do all the tax return. And that's just not, you know, to me, it's, it's not responsible. You, you know, that sort of person is not suitable to be a landlord in because my Because you'll miss things, won't you? I mean, it's like you, you fail to miss it, you know. Your property manager in one state has failed to failed to act on delinquency, and therefore your returns are halved. You know that's right. You have to keep track of performance after you purchase, mm. unless you are, uh, you know, doing a flip business, which is basically buy and sell straight away. Most yeah. most of us would just have buy and hold strategies. Mm. So while you're holding, you know, of course you make money by buying property cheap instantly, yeah. but most profits. You know, returns. Your returns will come from actually the uh, property renting yeah. uh, process. So you got to be on top of the management, yeah. uh, on top of manager, basically. And then that involves a fair bit of a paperwork, mm. fair bit of a study and research, and um, you know, a learning curve. Yeah. Um, but if you put this way, I think it, the whole thing is, you know, if you start to enjoy this process. I think you would. It's a pretty simple process once everything is in place, and you you learn yeah. through the same purchase, renting, managing, possibly selling process. You know, everywhere you go in the whole world, or in the states, you know, in the different states, it's the process is basically the same. It's yeah. just that little details are different. Yes, and the first deal is always the hardest, isn't it? I mean, once you've done that, you you sort of feel a lot more confident about your. Mm ability to not make mistakes in the future yeah and i think like us once we start to do too much we sort of miss not doing it if we don't do it for a while so um owning properties um is um is is fun so please don't think this is going to be a hard exercise because um you know there's a reward out there for doing extra work 
other than, you know more than what uh, your managed funds or superannuation fund managers are doing for you normally yeah, and, yeah. Um, so that's that's it so you know we've got a lot of things listed in the book um, which you probably want to learn from from our mistakes um, yeah. some of them you know I just look at it you know thinks that huh, how did I do this you know <laughs> for example <laughs> sending money to a vendor directly before without knowing the vendor himself you know the, whether that sort of person is you know is someone you can trust it's really the you gotta um you know, you have to have an independent source to yeah. hold the money. Um, but, you know, these things are pretty... If you look at it now and said, God, Hannah, how how could <laughs> someone make these mistakes like investing without an LLC? Some people choose to invest in their own name, but, you know, we have always recommended in, throughout this book that um, risk management is a key part of the yeah. equation in this exercise because you don't know what sort of people living in your house. No one wants to lose their shirt, yeah. That's right. And then for 50000 dollars investment you don't want to lose your um, your uh, principal place of residence or something um, failing to lodge LLC paperwork I mean if you know if you can mark your calendar you know when it's time to be paying and sometimes we forget about paying property tax in time but you yeah. know is you know unless you forget it for a few years they're not going to come and foreclose you foreclose yeah. <laughs> so but that um, brings us to another point um, Ken is that that the one great thing about all this is that how much technology aids and abets you in all of this. Like, it's the best thing for avoiding making these mistakes because there's no, now no longer any excuse for being unprepared, under-researched That's or right. out of communication mm-hmm. because um, through email, Skype, exactly. um, scanning documents, all the tools that we talked about in earlier earlier um, chapters yeah you, you sort of it's on your the advantage is with you isn't it that's right Sam I think that that, that hits the very interesting point if you have a career in your in your modern corporate life you use your email you use you know, you may you know shopping at home. You may use PayPal. You, you have a credit card probably, and yeah. you be on top of things in terms of organizing your paperwork at work, basically. Yeah. And the same skill sets you can apply to to modern day of property uh, landlording. Yeah. And uh, often this business is really analog, and some areas are pretty behind. Yeah, and yeah. by bringing that sort of your corporate experience to the property business you're actually quite often ahead of those new yeah. competitors yeah. Uh, although some of them might have a more deep knowledge about property or the market or, or financing but it just being on being being very good uh, manager of your affairs it yeah. alone is a very strong point uh, it can be very strong uh, uh, you know uh, your advantage yeah professional that's right through a, through your uh, career yeah, professional career, you you gain that sort of skill. And in, in the few minutes that we've got left, there's one other, I think, um, really important mistake which we talk about in the book, and, and that's being talked out of this. Um, you know, each person makes their own decision, and each, each, each investor's needs are different, but you'll find that when you, if you decide to follow us down this route, um, there'll be all manner of people, in the, usually with a vested interest in property in your home country, that will tell you what, what you're doing is crazy or give you any number of reasons why you shouldn't do it. And I would say, given our experience, that listening to that, listening to this sort of tide of negativity towards the US investment is a, is a mistake. I, I think, you know, everybody feels scared about 
anything unknown basically to them and it's uh, it was a bit of a frontier for 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 most people yeah uh, certainly for for me too it was a frontier but uh, yeah. once you gain some experience in different markets you know even you know starting with your own home market in other markets um, you know it's if it's a civilized world with where law governs the titles and you know your ownership property ownership um, and then the language is something you can understand or speak yeah. um, most of the time you can overcome a lot of those things and I think it's probably sensible to um, to look at uh, upside you know the opportunities coming yeah. from that rather than just looking at um, downside of it you know it's too scary too far away yeah. you know they have a different system uh, you know probably too late to join the party yeah. you know, all sorts of excuses or, or the other things the horror stories that you'll see rolled out in you know right. media reports and they'll, they'll quote someone like you know yeah. the chair of the real estate institute of sydney or yeah. vancouver or whatever and surprise surprise he so he's in the market where there's a huge housing bubble he wants to keep people continue investing mm. in it his job that's his job mm. and he's out there saying oh don't go to the u.s that's you'll right. lose your shirt. it's called position talk <laughs> and uh, everybody wants to do a position talk if you're a real estate agent in in certain country you don't you want to talk down other markets of course that's a classic things and banks who are scared to lose their customers for not lending to the home market they will say oh u.s is too dangerous because it, you know he's not a u.s banker or he's not lending to u.s property yeah uh, it's really up to this you know it really ultimately falls down on you whether you you know within yourself it's it's a worthwhile effort to do it or not yeah. and i still firmly believe that there's a there's a money to be made in yeah. the u.s market if you do uh properly that properly means that uh through gaining some financial you know literacy in terms of um, through learning through a book like ours or talking to other people and then reduce the risk mm. and then uh, take a calculated risk to enter the market you feel comfortable with of course yeah all right well look that's we're coming up on the end of our time so thanks very much for that i hope people found that really useful if you want to um if you're going down this path you really want to um ideally buy the book and read the the full dirty dozen list of mistakes that you can avoid but um hopefully we've been of some assistance to you today and thanks very much ken thank you sam